Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. As you navigate life's challenges, know that you are not alone. Hi, I'm Hilary Kirkendall, Marketing and Communications Coordinator for Wedgwood Christian Services, and these are the stories of real people who work at, learn from, and grow through the nationally accredited, faith-based nonprofit. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. As we all know, it's been quite a challenging year. Today, for our Wedgwood Coffee Break Conversation, Dr. Elizabeth Racy and I talk about mental health, how needs for services have intensified, what might surprise people about counseling, and why support systems are so important. All right, we'll start with an introduction, so if you'll tell me your name and what you do here. Yeah, so my name is Elizabeth Rezi, and I'm the Associate Director of our community programs on the mental health side, so um, over things like our outpatient counseling services, our trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy program, and our community care management program. So what does your role look like? Yeah, so it's really a nice blend of some administrative roles um, and also doing clinical supervision with a lot of our clinicians in these different programs as well. Um, and then I see some of my own clients too. Cool. Um, so how long have you been with Wedgwood? Yeah, so I've been at Wedgwood for over 10 years. Wonderful. And how old were you when you knew you wanted to get into counseling and what was it that drew you to this field? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely a process over time. Um, I look back now and I can see even some indications going back to high school in terms of some of my interests and passions, and I can see how it led me to where I am today. But I think really taking my first psychology class in college was where I got hooked and just decided, hey, this is so interesting and I just want to continue pursuing this and learn as much as I can. Very cool. Um, So what do you think would surprise people about counseling? Um, I guess one of the first things that comes to mind for me is that it's just such a unique type of relationship. And it's, it's a very genuine relationship. Like, you know, even though clinicians are in a professional role, like, we truly care about the people that we are serving and really want to get to know them and understand them and form a kind of relationship with trust and compassion um, that allows them to meet their goals. Um, So who is a typical client that we would see at Wedgwood? I really like that question because it just reminds me that I don't know that there is really one typical client. There's so much diversity in terms of the ages of the clients we see. I mean, we see all the way from young kids, you know, four years old, all the way through older adults. Um, So throughout different places in the lifespan, um, a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different circumstances and challenges. Um, and, And I really appreciate that we have Um, clinicians with different kind of specialties and passions that really allow us to be able to bridge all of the diversity of of the clients that we see. So, um, you know, we certainly see a lot of children and adolescents, but we do see adults as well. So there's, I guess, no one profile. Oh, that's great. So we are available for basically anyone in the community. Yeah, that, that is really our goal is to be able to Um, serve a broad variety of different needs and at the same time to have clinicians who have very specialized skills 
um, to meet whatever the particular needs or challenges are of that moment for each person or family. Wonderful. So what does a session look like? Uh, do people like lay on the sofa still? <laughs> no, people do not typically lay on the sofa. I, I won't say it's never happened for sure, though. Um, I think I think that's one of the things that, that I really love about therapy and the more that I've gotten into it is just the level of creativity that's possible in therapy and really getting to know each client and figuring out what will be the best fit for their needs. So that can look so different. Like there are a lot of, especially with younger kids, a lot of really interactive things that our therapists do um, in terms of maybe making like a calming glitter jar during a therapy session or doing some like physical activities. Sometimes they'll even go outside and um, walk around or play basketball or things like that. Um, you know, and then we also have some more traditional talk therapy, um, but we offer a lot of different therapeutic interventions and a lot of different approaches to really meet each person where they are and kind of fit to their needs and what their preferences are too. So we really shape those plans with our clients too, having conversations about, well, here's some different options of things we could do. Like what, what direction do you want to start out in? And then checking in all along the way to modify those plans if needed. So it's not just asking and how does that make you feel? Absolutely. (laughs) Good to know. Is there a client that you've worked with that you'll never forget? Yeah, I mean, I think there are many clients I've worked with that I will never forget. I think um, ones that particularly stand out were clients who were just going through some really big life changes or some really significant things were happening for them during the time that we worked together and just seeing how they were able to use that as an opportunity to transform and like for growth even though that was often really painful at some times in the process too was just really has left a lasting impact with me for some clients um so as you've worked with clients over the years and you hear people sharing their traumas and all of the challenges that they're going through how do you and your team protect yourselves from secondary trauma mm-hmm I think the support of our teams is a huge way that we do that. Um, Being able to talk with one another and with other people who really get what it's like to be in that space and to hear some of those really tough stories, um, that just really makes a difference in terms of being able to get support from someone who understands. I think, you know, we, we each kind of find our own ways too in terms of, you know, it's important to take time off and to have some breaks Um, It's important to be um, able to participate in other things and channel other parts of your life that remind all of us that, you know, who we are is is bigger than just this role that we have. Um, So I think all of those things matter a lot. Yeah, I could see that. Um, And how have you seen clients change over your 10 years here at Wedgwood? Yeah, I think one of the, the things that's really powerful to me is to see how they change in in our relationship, in the therapeutic relationship, and in our interactions together. Um, one of the things that was really scary and hard for me when I started out as a therapist was if a client would um, have some feelings towards me in terms of like maybe anger or frustration or reaction to something I said. 
Um, and it's it's been part of my growth in terms of now just seeing the opportunity in that. So seeing um, you know someone go through a change where at one time I would have said something in the session and they would have just stayed quiet and had a bunch of feelings about it. And now if they can say to me, here are all the feelings I'm having about that thing you just said. Um, to me, that is such a powerful indication of growth. And then what we can do with that in terms of their therapy is just a really cool thing to be a part of. So how have you seen the needs of the community change? Like our clients coming in with different needs than when you first started? Are there more... Are there certain topics that are more relevant now or things that aren't as big of an issue anymore? Yeah, I think that we have just seen um, the needs continue to intensify and yet um, a lot of limitations in our mental health supports in the community. So that's been really tough. Um, And just seeing that cases that used to be like at a higher level of care Um, beyond outpatient um, are now, you know, what we typically will see even at an outpatient level of care. Um, And so there are some really tough things with that in terms of wanting to advocate and do everything we can to make sure that clients and families are getting their needs met and also just some of the limitations like within our system right now. So um, I think that's been one of the things that's been really tough. I think one thing that's been really positive in our community is that there has been, over time, I think, more of an appreciation for a trauma-informed approach, and I think that's something we've really embraced at Wedgwood and, and are continuing to try to grow into a more and more trauma-informed approach in terms of all of our services and interactions. So working at Wedgwood and working with the clients that you do, we've touched about a little bit, um, it can impact your life. And how has working at Wedgwood impact like your relationships with the people in your life, your parenting style, how you, you know, interact with your loved ones? Yeah, I would, I would like to think that it has continued to help me grow in my sense of compassion for other people. Um, because I think that, you know, we all have our judgments about other people and there's something about sitting in a room with another person and really hearing their story, um, and understanding the context for what else is going on in their life. And even some of their like behaviors and reactions, which are not the most appropriate or the most helpful, um, just being able to understand more about where that's coming from like I hope that that has allowed me to have a little bit more compassion with people in my life um and I'm human and I mess up with that too Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's all about like even being able to recognize that like times when I'm more stressed and um you know having more of my automatic thoughts versus going to like oh maybe there's a bigger story going on for this person right now mm-hmm. a good reminder that we never know the whole story of what's going on with the person absolutely what would you say to parents who are navigating mental and emotional health challenges with their families i think one of the key things i've really come to appreciate is how important it is that parents have their own support 
um, and places they can go with all of their feelings and reactions and fears that they can have when they're trying to provide support and navigate a situation um, related to mental health struggles that, that their child is having. Um, so I think, yeah, like I really encourage parents to consider, you know, even therapy for themselves to be able to get that. And then just whatever their support system is of friends and people that they can talk to so that they're not alone in this. That's great advice. And is it ever too late to get help? No, I don't. I don't think it is too late. I think, you know, there's a quote that's coming to mind of it's along the lines of like, you know, a year from now, you'll wish you started today. Um, and I, I think that that's so true that we can always start where we are. That's very encouraging. Um, so what does it feel like when you see a client improve and eventually not need counseling services anymore? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the goal. Like, it's kind of a strange role that we're in, actually, as therapists, is we're kind of trying to, you know, if things go well, then we we kind of become obsolete in that person's um, situation, um, like, going forward. Not that some piece of that hopefully isn't, like, internalized, and they can kind of take with them some of the messages and some of the things that they've learned. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it is really wonderful to see people just um, gain more confidence and gain skills to be able to manage situations that before felt really overwhelming to them. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to work them kind of out of needing services. So it starts pretty intense and then does it typically go down and then is there like an on-call type? So if they get into a pickle, they can, they still know they have support somewhere. It depends a lot on the situation because there are some situations where it's just a really tough thing that is going on in life for a long time. And some people need extended support and that's completely okay. So I definitely don't want to give a message that, you know, for therapy to be considered successful, that it has to be within this time period that you're like tapering down or you're done because sometimes people do, they're dealing with really hard stuff and they need more support. Um, but certainly there are other situations where it's like, yeah, like let's identify some skills. Let's like get this plan in place for you. And then we can look at reducing sessions and like at ending. Um, yeah, we don't typically do like, a you know, keep things open and just pop back in whenever you're having a tough time. But we do, even though we kind of have a formal closure, because that feels important for the way therapy is structured and the relationship, like certainly there are times when people, you know, have something else come up, come up in their life and they contact us and say, hey, I think it could be really helpful to come back in. And then we kind of evaluate things where they're at from there and, and okay, what would a good plan look like? given where things are now. So we do do that. Great. Meeting people where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what keeps you going and keeps you motivated to do this work? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's an amazing thing to be able to see people change. Um, and, and so I think certainly like the clients and their commitment to their own growth is, is a huge part of it. I would say like the team is also 
a really big piece of the support and I'm so interested in in like continuing to stay connected and to talk about what everyone is learning because I think that's a huge part of our conversation within our teams is just like you know what new thoughts are you having what new questions have come up and just it's really engaging to keep those conversations going. Um, so Wedgwood Christian Services that you know the Christian faith is a part of the organization as a whole How do you see that playing into your work and with your team Mm -hmm. and into counseling sessions, that faith piece? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly that's really rooted in our mission and values and um, how we're doing what we're doing. I hope that that's connecting back for us to our faith. Um, I will say, though, that we we serve people who come from many different faith backgrounds or no, no faith background at all. Um, And so we don't ever want that to be a barrier to people when they consider seeking services um, because we're really about just meeting you where you are and more about living our faith than, you know, specifically preaching that. Um, But if that is a strength someone brings in, then of course we want to be able to connect with that and utilize that for their therapy. So the faith is really more of a motivation for what you and your team is doing and less of a part of therapy for every person. Yeah, it's very, again, it just goes back to really individualizing treatment for each individual, for each family, in terms of what's going to fit with their values and goals. And so we always want to be respectful of that in any approach we take. Can you explain a little bit what a therapy goal might be? I know we talk about that a little bit about working towards certain goals in therapy, but what what might that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And there there's such a variety of different kinds of goals. Like some sometimes it's a specific behavior. Like uh, you know, a child is coming in and the parents concerned because they're having these um really intense outbursts. And so we're able to talk about, okay, you know, how often is that happening? How long does it last when it happens? All of those kinds of things and being able to target a strategy and measure some progress based on a behavior. Um, But there are also other things that may not be um, as strictly behavioral. So it may be someone just saying like, hey, I have a ton of anxiety coming up in my life. And, you know, here's some of the ways that I'm aware of that. And, you know, it's particularly these thoughts, these body sensations, um, that type of thing. And so we're able to target those things in terms of a goal. So it, again, is very much individualized to the concerns and the needs of each person. Great. Um, Well, thank you so much for your time today and what you do here at Wedgwood. We appreciate all that you and your team do serving our community um, and helping them overcome their challenges. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. How great is it to hear from Dr. Racy that each person's mental health journey is different and that it is never too late to reach out for support. I love how she talked about grace and compassion being at the core of what we do at Wedgwood. You can learn more about Wedgwood's approach to mental, emotional, and behavioral health challenges on our website. Curious about our services? Visit us at wedgwood.org, W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D, and find us on our social media at wedgwoodcs, or shoot us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time... These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.